Good morning, good Erev Shabbos. We'll continue, we left off the second chapter of Yavamas, 17b, towards the bottom, and it starts starts a new, a new discussion. Some a woman who's been waiting. In other words, her husband died childless, and the brothers, she's obligated. The brothers obligated to marry her to carry on the brothers' legacy. And then she dies. So the brother, brother-in-law, the brother is allowed to marry her mother. So what do we see from here? Alma we see, Kasavar in Zeka. In other words, there's no bond. It's not, it's not considered as if it's your wife. A bond, the fact that the two are connected, and you're obligated to carry on the marriage of your brother, but until you actually marry her, until you do a yibum, it's not your wife. You don't look at her as your wife. Your wife, you're not allowed to marry your wife's mother, your mother-in-law. You're never allowed to marry your mother-in-law, even after your wife dies. <laughs> can't marry your mother-in-law or her mother. But here, you could marry her mother. It's not considered your mother-in-law. But what do you mean? She was, she was, I had to marry her. There was a connection. Zika means there was a connection, an obligation for me to marry her before she died. But nevertheless, that's not a marriage. It's an obligation. It's not a marriage. So when she dies, her mother is not my mother-in-law. Never was my mother-in-law. So I can marry her. So if that's the case, why doesn't Rabbi just say because it's an argument? It's a bibl- it's a tanoyic argument. We already find this argument amongst tanoyic. We're going to learn later on a case where if a a Yavama fell to a few brothers. If the, if the if the if the Yevama fell to a few a few brothers and one of the brothers one of the brothers marries her sister. His uh, his sister in law sister. So we betrothal. So we so the so the Mishnah said that Abudabam Bhutabam says we tell him wait wait until you bro- one of the brothers does a chalitza yibum with the sister, so then she's out of the picture. She's married to one of the brothers. No connection to you anymore. Once there's no connection to you, then you can go ahead and, con- and consummate the marriage to her sister. But it's not your wife's sister. But but before, so one of the brothers will do yibum chalitza. She's connected to you. So she was connected to you. It's considered like your wife. He's considered like your wife. Then it's like you're marrying your wife's sister. Can't marry your wife's sister while she's alive. So, so we see clearly that a holds that a zika is like a wife. And there the Gemara says, that the Shmuel says, the law follows Rabbi Huda Bimseda, meaning that someone argues, other Tanoim disagree with Rabbi Huda other Tanoim hold, a zika is not considered a, a wife. So therefore, I can consummate the marriage to my sister or sister because it's not, it's not my wife. <laughs> I'm not marrying two sisters. Yes, there's a connection that one of the brothers, one of us have to do a yibum with her, but that, that, that doesn't constitute a marriage. So therefore, I'm not marrying uh, two sisters. So why doesn't Ravun, it's our law that says that a Shemedes Yavam who dies, that if the sister-in-law dies, the surviving brothers allowed to marry her mother holds, obviously. 
that the Zika is not a wife. So why doesn't he just say simply the law is that Zika is not a wife? Like the opinion that argues there with the if if Rab would say in the law like the opinion that holds in Zika, I mean I would think today this rule only applies when there are two or more surviving brothers who can do Yibur. We're talking about a case, the argument there, the other rabbis are talking about a case where there were a few brothers. So in the case with a few brothers where theoretically any one of the brothers could do Yibum Azik. So therefore, in that case, you can, you can hear the, the opinion that says, you can't mm-hmm. say that just because one of the brothers is obligated, so we say that, that mm-hmm. all, of the, all of them have a connection to him. But in the case where this is the only brother, in the case where this is the, here's the, only, the only brother, the surviving brother's only brother, then I would say, maybe everyone agrees that yes, Zika. In that case, even if she dies, you're not allowed to marry the mother-in-law. That's why he has to come explicitly tell us the case. That you know, he always allowed to marry the mother-in-law, even if it's the only brother. But he's the only one who could have fulfilled the obligation, so she has a strong connection to him. So let's consider it like a wife, and therefore you're not allowed to marry your mother-in-law. No, even then, the opinion that holds it, Ein Zeker says, there's, no conne- there's a connection like that, doesn't make it a wife. Okay. The lema, we're, we're at the bottom of 17b. The lema, let's say, Allah Hibriyim, in Zika Filubachad, in Zika Filubachad, he should have said the law follows the opinion that says there's no Zika. And he should add, even Bachad. In other words, that opinion also, even if there's only one brother, even then there's no connection. It's not considered a wife. You might answer Yom Ha'am, we would say this. I would have said that the Yom is allowed to marry the mother even, even during her lifetime. While she's waiting, Yibu. Maybe I can marry the mother. No, only only after she dies. Why not? Why not? Why can't I marry the mother? Because if you marry the mother, if you marry the mother, then you can never marry the daughter. So you're nullifying the, the, the ability to do Yibu. You're not allowed to do, take with your own hands and and remove the ability to do yibum. That's what he's coming, that's what he's coming to teach us. That's what he says, that that's what he has to say, halacha, halacha is, no, that's what he says, that you're not allowed to marry, you're allowed to marry them, only after she dies. Okay. Okay, now we learn the Mishnah, Yevim Teish, Taught is the name of Rav. Now Rav is questioning this halacha. We learned in the Mishnah uh, later on in the tract. If the sister-in-law dies, you allowed to marry your sister. So and the sister, yes, because anyway, a sister you allowed to marry a sister once if your wife dies, you allowed to marry a sister after her death. So we say that only your sister, but not the mother, because a mother-in-law you're not allowed to marry. Even after the death of your wife, you're not allowed to marry a mother-in-law. So you see clearly, the Mishnah says, not like Rav, that the Zika, there is Zika, and that connection is considered like a wife, so we consider her, look at her like your mother-in-law, even after her death, you're not allowed to marry her, even if there was never any Yibam, there's never... 
mother answers, no, it's not a proof. Really, I'll tell you what, really, the mission means even the mother's allowed. Since the first part of the mission, uh, he says, if your wife died, you're allowed to marry your sister. The prohibition of marrying two sisters is only in their lifetime, but one of the sisters die, if your wife dies, you're allowed to marry your sister after her death. So therefore, so therefore, when he talks about the Yavama, he also just talks about the sister. They're not allowed to marry a mother-in-law even after your wife dies. Because then it's biblically forbidden to marry a mother-in-law even after, after your wife's death. In the safe, in the last clause, he talks about the Yavama. Also, he mentions only mutter b'chaisa, but in, that you're allowed in the sister. You're allowed to marry a sister. But the truth is, in this case, you're even allowed to marry the mother because it's not a wife. It's not considered a wife. It was, it was uh, Zika. In other words, she was, she was destined to marry the brother, the surviving brother, but it never ended up. She, and she died before he had a chance. Mm-hmm. So then you're allowed to marry the mother. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda argues with Rav. Rabbi Huda says, that, that uh, if she dies while she's waiting, one of the brothers do yibum. He, the surviving brother is not allowed to marry. Is not allowed to marry uh, the woman's mother. Amakasavari holds he has zika. He holds her like the opinion, like uh, he holds like Abihu the Bemeseda that there is a zika, there is a connection. Like Abu Dhamseda said, that if one of the brothers ma- uh, betrothes the sister, you have to wait till one of the other brothers does the yibum or the chalitza, and only then could he consummate the marriage to the Nisoyen. Because yes, Zika, there is the fact that you're destined and you're supposed to marry, continue the marriage of your brother, that means we do look at her like a wife. And therefore, Abu Dhamseda says, he can't marry a wife and a sister. So he can't finish, he can't consummate the marriage until she's out of the picture. So Rabbi Huda holds like that opinion, and Shmuel said the law follows this opinion. I was Yazika, so Vilema Lachik Divrei Yazika. She should have just said simply, the law is Yazika. The Gemara says If he would have said that, I mean, I would take Hanimi Lebechad. I would say only in the case of one, only in the case where there's a single brother, only brother. So then, of course, he's the only one who could do the mitzvah of Yibam. Surely we look at her like his wife. But in the case where there are many brothers, I will betray, I wouldn't know, there's no proof. I will betray Enzika. If there's two brothers, maybe, maybe in that case, there's no Zika. Because since another brother can do the mitzvah of Yibum, so it's not just a strong connection, a bond between this woman and the, this particular brother. She can do the mitzvah, someone else can do the mitzvah of Yibum, any brother. So in that case, I would say, there's no, we don't look at her like a wife. That's why he says, simply, you can't marry the mother. It doesn't matter, one brother, two brothers, it doesn't matter. In fact, the mother will be today. This argument, this argument, whether there is, there is a bond or not, is talking about two brothers. That's the argument that Buddha say that the whole case is, that there's a few surviving brothers, and one of the brothers marries the sister-in-law's sister, it does a betrothal, and that's the argument. So how could you say that I would think by two there's no zeka? That is the argument. The argument is, is there two brothers? Even though there's two brothers, he holds Shmuel, Shmuel I mean, he, uh, Yabihuda 
Ben Beseda holds there is a Zika. It doesn't matter if there's a few brothers and another brother could do the mitzvah of Yibam. The fact that either one of them has an obligation, has a connection to this woman, he says it's considered like a wife and therefore you can't marry your sister. Ella rather, Yomar Hachi, rather the problem is if he would have said the law is like the opinion like if he would have said if that's the case, we continue in 18a. I mean, I would think, Mechayim, when do we say you're not allowed to marry the Vama's mother as long as she's alive? While she's alive. Why? Because if you marry her, Okay, he, he says, he said, because there's Zika, because there's a Zika. If you hold there's a connection, yeah, so it's considered like your mother-in-law. But after she dies, the sister-in-law dies, now there's no longer any connection. It's gone, she's dead, there's no connection, there's no obligation, there's no one to marry. So in this case, I would think, now I could marry a mother. She's no longer my mother-in-law. Yes, while there was still an attachment, there was an obligation, she was alive. So therefore I looked at her like, a, like, a, like my wife. And if I can't marry a mother, it's like a mother-in-law. But once she dies, it's over. So there's no connection. So maybe now I should be able to marry the mother or her mother. She's not my mother-in-law. No. Once there was a bond, that means she's looking at her like a wife. Even after she dies, it's like a mother-in-law. You can't marry a mother-in-law even after your wife dies. You look at her as your wife and you can't marry the mother even after she dies. Let's, let's, say that we, let's bring a proof to Rabbi Huda's opinion. We learned, we learned in the Mishnah, in the following Mishnah, once the Yavama dies, you're allowed to marry your sister. Once your sister-in-law dies, you're allowed to marry your sister. Yeah, because even if your wife, even if you're married, even your wife, once she dies, you can marry your sister. So once the sister-in-law, the deceased brother, that childless dies, and you never really married her, you were just, you were just obligated to marry her. Once she dies, you're allowed to marry your sister. So only the sister, but not the mother. Like we learned earlier, the, 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 so he's trying to be medayik. Maybe he means even after she dies, because a sister, even your wife, if she dies, you're allowed to marry a sister. But her mother-in-law, you're not allowed to marry. If your wife dies, you're never allowed to marry the mother-in-law, even after death. So a zika, we consider as if it's a bond. It's a, the same as like a woman, it's like your wife. So even after she dies, you're not to marry the mother-in-law. So this supports Abu's opinion. So the answers no, like we said earlier. Really, I'll tell you what. So why does he only say he allows the sister? He should have said he allowed the sister and her mother. Since he learns in the Reisha about his wife, there, when he's talking about the wife, he could only say the mother, uh, the sister. After your wife dies, you're allowed to marry your sister. You're never allowed to marry the mother-in-law even after your wife's death. So therefore, in the end, when he talks about the Yavama, he also only mentions the sister, but the truth is, it's not the same. Your wife, you're not allowed to marry her mother even after her death, your wife's death. But here, it's not really a wife. It's, 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 it's a kuka because of the bond. The bond, as long as she's alive, there's a bond. Once she dies, there's no bond, and therefore now I could marry. So it's no proof from here, from this mission, that Rabbi Huda is correct. Buddha says he's not allowed to marry even after she dies he's not allowed to marry but that's no proof in the mission 
Now the Gemara challenges Rav Huda's opinion. Rav Huda said Rachia challenge. We learned in our Mishnah. Also, but my middle maze. We learned. We learned in our Mishnah. Also, but my middle maze. Shniach lesson to them. If one of the surviving brothers did not do yibum, but he gave her a kedushin, did it like a regular kedushin, a regular betrothal, like like any, like any other woman, and then he dies, childless. And then we say that the surviving brother, the third brother, so. He he oh, he must do a chalitza, but he can't do a yibum. Hmm. Why? Because since he did a mimer, since he did a mimer, so rabbinically we consider her married. No, right. Even though it's never consummated, only rabbinic. Biblically, he's not married to her. He's never married to her. So the ma- the only woman he's married only to his wife. The only woman, and therefore the surviving brother could marry the, the wife. He's obligated to marry his sister-in-law of his brother Dalchad. But since she he did a, a maimer, since he did a maimer, we're talking about a, a brother, the third brother, what didn't exist, wasn't born yet by the time the first brother died. But the brother who did exist, he did a maimet. He didn't do yibum with that. Well. Oh, so it's rabbinic, it's considered a marriage. So therefore, the brother wasn't, didn't exist yet. So it's as if one of the wives, as if the wife of, this, of the brother, the second brother who died, is a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to them because it's, that system was prohibited to him because it was never permitted because he didn't even exist at the time. So he remains his brother-in-law and, and, and it's prohibited to him. So what do we see from there? Yeah, really, there wasn't really a co-wife. Really, there's only one wife here. Because biblically, she's only married to one. The maimer is only rabbinic. It doesn't really do anything. A yibum, the only way to connect, to become a wife, is through yibum. The act of intimacy. Here, there wasn't an act of intimacy. He gave her a ring. He said that mukadashesli. So rabbinically, right, but rabbinically, it is a co-wife. So because rabbinically it is a co-wife, but biblically it's not a co-wife, so therefore you have to do something. So a yibum you shouldn't do because rabbinically it's a co-wife. Of, of someone who's prohibited to you. But, the, but the, biblically, it's not a co-wife, so therefore you have to do a chalitza. That's what our mission is. So what do we see from here? Time, the only reason is because he may he betrothed her. What if he didn't do a maimer? Then the fact that the brother was obligated to marry her, that doesn't make it like a wife. That bond... Doesn't because if the bond itself is considered like a zika, who cares if he did a mimer? The fact, the fact that he was obligated to marry the sister-in-law, even if practically he never married her because she died. Whatever reason he 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 never did it, but the fact he never married her, but the fact because he died before he died before he had a chance to yibum, but the fact there was a bond should be considered like his wife. So it's a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to the third brother who didn't even exist then. So why do, why do, why does the Mishnah have to say if he made a maimer even without a maimer you should do you should say you should do a chalitza the, the surviving brother who didn't exist when the first brother died should do a chalitza not a yibum 
If you can say the bond is considered like a wife, so this challenges Rabbi Yehuda. So we see from this mission clearly there is no zika. So Rabbi Rabbi answers no. It's not. It's not a contradiction to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Who I didn't really. I'll tell you the law applies. I forgot the The truth is, even if he doesn't do anything. This, uh, the brother who existed, the surviving brother who existed when the first brother died, even if he didn't do anything, he didn't, didn't betroth her, he didn't give her a ring. It, the law, the same law would apply. And then he dies childless. So his own wife needs a chalitzah. So the, the brother, the surviving brother who didn't exist when the first brother dies, has to do a chalitzah. With the second brother's wife, but not a yibum. I vadiktani maimer. So why does the mission say maimer that he he betrothed her? Afukim beshamai. He's coming to preclude the opinion of beshamai. The amri maimer kaina kinyan gomer. Beshamai holds that if you do a kedushin, if you do a maimer, say aratim gadashusli, you give her something of value, do a kedushin, it's 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 acquired. It's your wife. Biblically, it's your wife. Then, if it's biblically be a wife, then you wouldn't even have to do a chalitza. If a maimer, according to the opinion of Bishamah, that the maimer is 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 a is a total acquisition, it's biblically considered your wife. So then, the, your your other wife is a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to the third brother, surviving brother. Yeah, yeah, completely not relevant. That's why he has to teach us that even though, even the case of a maimer, it's only rabbinic, not like shamay. And therefore, really, you would have to do yibum. But since rabbinically it's a ma- marriage, not only because of the maimer, because of the zika, because mm-hmm. of the bond. So therefore, you can't do a yibum. Instead, you do a chalitza, kamash malon. But you need a chalitza. Even in that case, you need a chalitza. Okay. It's where Abaya Abaya challenges Rabbi's opinion. We learn in the Braise, Shnei Achin Be'lemecho, the two brothers who are, who are around at the same time, who are alive at the same time. And one of them dies childless. And the second brother, the surviving brother, made a mimer with his sister in law. Betrothed her. He was ready to perform a mimer. He was ready to do a mimer. But he didn't have a chance. Before he had a chance to do a mimer. The thir- a third brother was born. Hmm. And then this brother died. And he dies childless. So what do we do now? The surviving brother, the third brother, who didn't exist when the first brother died. So he says, How Shaina, the first widow's wife, this is a sister-in-law, you can't marry can't marry because there was never any, any permission because he didn't exist at the time. He couldn't do Yibam. Ushniya mm-hmm. and the second one, Oichelatus, Emes She can either do Chalitza or Yibam. It says clearly, as long as he didn't do a Maimer, the fact that there was Zika, the fact there's a bond, does not consider it like a wife. So, so his wife, the second brother's wife, is not a co wife of someone that's prohibited to the third survivor, the only surviving brother. Of the third. Not a co wife. He was never married. There's no connection to her. So we see clearly, not like Rabbi Yehuda. If you're going to say like Rabbi Yehuda, 
then it should be it should be considered like a co-wife of someone that's prohibited to you. You shouldn't need Yibam, you shouldn't need the Chalitza, you shouldn't do anything. So the brother dies. You have you know, this Braise follows, the Braise follows Rabbi Meir, yeah, our, this Braise follows Rabbi Meir, who argues with Rabbi, Rabbi Hudifim Besedra, and he holds there's no connection. Like he would hold, like in the other case, one of the brothers marries the sister, the sister-in-law's sister, he says he can consummate the marriage, no problem. Because Zika doesn't make it a, a marrying my sister, my wife's sister. Zika bond is just an obligation. I'm obligated to carry on with her until I am married to her. She's not my wife. So therefore, according to his opinion, there's no connection. I can either do yibum with her or I can or I can. Where do you get this idea that our mayor holds in Zika? What not? We learned in the mission was taught by the mayor. Anonymous Mishnah always reflects Rabbi Meir's opinion that Rabbi learned from Rabbi Meir. Stam Mishnah Rabbi Meir. We learn Arbaachim. There are four brothers. Two of the brothers are married to two sisters. Two brothers can marry two sisters. And the two brothers who were married to two sisters died childless. So the two surviving brothers have an obligation to marry the wives of the two brothers. So what do you do? You don't say, one, just like two brothers can marry two sisters, why doesn't one brother marry one, one sister and another brother marry the other sister? He says, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed to. They can't marry the two sisters, but they have to do a chalitz. Why? So obviously, so what's the reason? It would seem the reason is, because since both sisters are attached to Zika, since the brothers, each brother is obligated to carry on the, their brother's legacy, so therefore the attachment is as if they're married to two sisters. So if, you, if one brother is going to marry one sister, then it's like marrying his wife's sister while she's alive. So the act of Zika makes it like a wife. So therefore I'm stuck. None of the brothers can marry. You can't say, well, two brothers will marry two sisters. Why don't the two surviving brothers also marry the two sisters? And Shalom Yisrael, I mean, no, you can't. Because when you when one brother will marry one sister, it's considered like the wife of the sister of his wife. Because the fact that the other sister was also had a bond to him, so it's considered already like his wife. So you're marrying your wife's sister. So none of the brothers can marry. Huh. So they, but you have to do chalitza. So why do you have to do chalitza if that's the case? You shouldn't have to do chalitza either. But if you're going to hold that there's no zika, highly If you can say the zika doesn't matter, what's the problem? Let one brother marry one, the other brother marry one. Just like initially, two brothers were married to two wives. Again, you'll have two brothers married to two wives. Mm-hmm. Really, I'll tell you that made holes. There is no zika. The bond is not considered like a wife. And so why can't you do yibum? You're not allowed to nullify the ability to do Yibam. So by taking one Yavama, 
you're going to make sure, you guarantee that you can't do the mitzvah of Yibam with the other. Each brother is obligated to take care of both brothers. Have a connection. The bond is to each brother. Each of the surviving brothers, or the two surviving brothers. But by marrying one of them, you're, with your own hands, you're saying, I cannot do the mitzvah, perform the mitzvah of Yibam for the wife of my other brother, because then it's my wife's sister. Then it's my wife's sister. Yeah, not like, then it is, right? Yeah. Why are you nullifying? What do you mean? I'll marry one, the other brother will marry the other. Because one brother will marry one, the other brother, the fourth brother will die before he has a chance to do Yibam. And then he won't be able to do, perform the mitzvah of Yibam. Kabatlis, mitzvah Yibam. And then we can nullify the mitzvah of Yibam. Even though if you do a chalitza, you have the same problem. Because you're not allowed to marry the, the sister of a chalitza. But that's only rabbin. Biblically, you could marry, so therefore I'm not ca- canceling the mitzvah of Yibam. So it seems clear that the whole prohibition of Zika is only rabbinically. That's why you wouldn't need a, you wouldn't need a chalitza. Just you wouldn't need a yibum. You can't do a yibum, but you wouldn't need a chalitza. He says, no, that's not the reason. Really, he holds there's no Zika, even rabbinically. There's no connection. It's only because you don't want it to not cancel the, the ability to do yibum. Another challenge is we learn about Isa. I questioned this refutation. He says, You're saying that if there's no Zika, you're explaining a mayor's opinion is because he's afraid, doesn't want you to cancel the ability to do Yibu. What do I care? If there's no Zika, then Tibatl. Negate the ability to do Yibu. There's no bond. He also holds. You're allowed to negate the mitzvah of Yibum. If not, we learn the Mishnah. It's where someone, a man was married to a minor. But it was only a rabbinic marriage. Because... Let's say her father married her off already, and then her, her husband divorced her or he died. Then the father loses control over his daughter. Once he marries, he only gets a chance to marry her off once. <laughs> once he marries off once, so then a minor cannot marry. Rabbinically, she got married. And then she walked through, she, she denied the marriage. She walked away from the cancel the marriage. If the minor refuses her husband, me and she nullifies the marriage. And in that case, in that case, her co-wife, who's an adult, who's not a minor, she can do Yibu. In other words, if it was her sister, if the person was married to her sister, Two, two brothers are married to two sisters, okay? Mm-hmm. One, of the, why, one of the sisters is an adult, so it's a biblical marriage. And the other one is a minor, an orphan minor. Let's say an orphan minor, the father is no longer there. And uh, it's only a rabbinic marriage, okay? The husband of the adult sister dies childless. 
And her brother is biblically obligated, his brother, the surviving brother, is biblically obligated to marry him. But the problem is, he's married to his sister. But it's, but it's, not, it's not a biblical marriage. It's only a rabbinic marriage. So he says, and Leel says, if she cancels the marriage, then retroactively there's never any marriage. So it's not a sister. It's not a, a living sister. You can't marry a, wife, a living sister. Even a divorced wife. Even after you divorce your wife, as long as your wife is alive, your ex-wife is alive, you can't marry a sister. After she dies, you can marry a sister. But it's not an issue. Since she did me, so she canceled the whole marriage. It was never a marriage. So it's not my wife's sister, not my wife. Like it never was my wife. So therefore, he can marry, he can marry, he's obligated to do but what if he didn't refuse? She didn't refuse. What do you do? The adult Yavama should wait until the minor wife reaches adulthood. And then it becomes a valid marriage, a biblically valid marriage. Then she's free because he can't marry, a, it's, it's, it's an illicit relation, he can't marry a sister. So there's no Yibam, there's no Chalitza, she's free. So what do we see according to Rabbi Gamliel? Gamliel, we know, holds there's no zika, there's no bond. It's not considered a wife, even rabbinical. And yet the same Rabbi Gamliel holds that you can go with your hands and destroy the ability to do yibum. He's saying, wait till she gets, wait, wait till she grows up, and then you will cancel the ability to do yibum. It doesn't bother you that you're negating the ability to do yibum. This Mishnah, we see both both things. Firstly, the fact that Gamliel says you can consummate the marriage. How can he consummate the marriage with his minor after she grows up? How could she consummate it? She's a sister of someone of the bond. You're bonded to the to the to the sister-in-law. Your brother died childless. So biblically, you're bond. You're required to a yibum. So how could you consummate the marriage once she once the other sister grows up is no longer a minor she's a she's your wife's sister right no that's a no before that she's your wife's sister you if a bond is a connection I can never consummate the marriage that's number one and B so we see that there's no bond bond is not like a wife so it's not my, so I consummate the marriage with this minor when she grows up because she's not she's not my wife's sister the bond doesn't make a wife even rabbinical that's number one. Number two, he says, consummate the marriage, and by doing that, with that act, you're canceling the ability to yibum. How are you telling someone to go with your own hands by consummating the marriage? Now, she becomes your wife, and the other one, the other sister becomes prohibited to you. So it's your wife's sister. Your sister-in-law, now two ways, from your brother's wife and now your wife's sister. How are you allowed to tell them to go with your own hands and cancel and cancel the evil? So therefore, how can you answer that mayor? Really, that mayor holds that um, there is no zika, there is no bond, and the reason why that mayor holds that the two brothers can't marry the two, to the two sisters, the two surviving brothers can't marry the two sisters. Why? Because we're worried, not because of zika. No problem of zika. The problem is, you're worried that you may cancel with your own hands the ability to do yibum. You'll do yibum with one and then the other brother will die. And now I can no longer do yibum with the, with the other sister because it's my wife's sister. 
We see that Gamliel holds is no zeker, and that Gamliel holds you can nullify the yibum with your own hands. Now, question is, what's the big deal? Maybe that mayor agrees with Rabbi Gamliel on one and disagrees with Rabbi Gamliel on the other. The two are not connected. Just because Rabbi Gamliel holds these two opinions, <laughs> why can't I say a mayor had an opinion of his own? He had his own opinion. I agree with Rabbi Gamliel in this case, and I disagree with Rabbi Gamliel in the other case. Well, what's the big question? Rabbi Huna said earlier, Rabbi Huna ruled that a Yavam is allowed to marry his sister-in-law's mother, before he does even with her. And I'm sorry, he's not allowed to marry. The Buddha says he's not allowed to marry. Why not? Because by marrying her, he's going to negate the ability to do Yibam. Now he can no longer do Yibam with, 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 with his sister-in-law because it's his, it's his wife's uh, daughter. So you see, you're not allowed to negate. Rabbi is arguing with Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel says you are allowed to negate. So you have to make a distinction between the two cases. Even Rabbi Gamliel would agree in that case. He's not allowed to go and negate the mitzvah by marrying the Yavam's, Yavam's, uh, the sister-in-law's mother. There's no reason for you to marry her. So why are you just marrying her just to cancel the mitzvah of Yibu? Here we're talking about someone who's already married. He's already married to the Yavam's sister. Only she's a minor. Right. It's only a rabbinic marriage. So therefore, in this case, he allows you to consummate the existing marriage, even though, as a result, it's going to negate the mitzvah. So the mother is saying that Meir's case is similar to Rabbi Gamliel's case. Since the two sisters fell to the two brothers, the two surviving brothers were commanded to do Yibum. We should allow them to do yibum rather rather than chalitza. Even though by doing yibum, maybe I'm going to negate. Because again, I'm not going out of my way to negate. We should allow the two brothers to marry the two sisters. Even though it may result in negation. There, the only reason I'm marrying the mother, mother, the mother is to negate the mitzvah of yibum. Here, I'm not... I'm marrying them because it's a mitzvah of Yibam. The Torah tells me I have to marry the two, two brothers, marry the two sisters, the two surviving brothers. So let, let each one marry one of them and it'll be again two brothers married to two sisters. With a, and it's a mitzvah. So why does Rabbi Meir say you can't? So I'm a lay, Rabbi, Rabbi answered. You're asking Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Meir. That's Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Gamliel agrees with Rabbi Gamliel there's no zika. But how do you know he agrees with the other part that, 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 that you're not allowed to negate? And Meir holds you, you are allowed to negate. And Meir holds you, not allowed to negate. Even in a case like this. Even if there's no compelling reason, you're not allowed. But the mother, so Abayah says, No, no. This is what I said. Rabbi Gamliel is... It's concerned about a possible negation of a mitzvah. He says, maybe. What's the problem? Each brother should marry a sister, or two brothers, two sisters. No problem. The problem is, that one of the, maybe, one of the brothers is going to marry one of the sisters. Before the other one has a chance to marry the other sister, he'll die. And therefore, I won't be able to be, I won't be in a position to, to, do, to perform the mitzvah of Yibum with, the, with that sister, because now it's my wife's sister. But the, so you're telling me that Meir is worried about even a possible negation of the mitzvah. 
I show that I'm leal, even if it's a certain 100% that I'm negating. That when, when you're going to consummate the marriage, once the minor wife turns into an adult, and the husband consummates the marriage, becomes a biblical marriage, then I'm, I'm definitely 100% for certainty negating the mitzvah of Yibam, because now I can no longer perform the mitzvah of Yibam with the sister-in-law of the first brother who died because it's my wife's sister. So it's such an argument. Such a, whenever there's an argument, you try to minimize the argument. You don't try to expand the argument. Here he's saying one extreme to the other. Abayah says you're not allowed to negate, even if it's only a doubt. Rabbi Gabriel says even if it's a certainty, I'm allowed to. That, that, that was my question. So Abba answers, No. The, man, the one who doesn't, who doesn't worry about it, even if it's certain, like I'm Gamliel, it's not such extreme. If you're worried about, if, you, if, if you're, you, you're not allowed to negate, and even if it's in doubt, even if it may be lead to negation, uh, a mayor holds, you're not allowed. So everyone, both Rabbi and Gamliel agree, there's no Zika bound, it's not considered a marriage, even rabbinically. But Abayah is worried, maybe, of a possibility of negating. That's a problem. Therefore, the two brothers are not allowed to marry the two sisters. They can only do chalitza. And Rabbi Gamliel would argue. Rabbi Gamliel would say they are allowed to. The two brothers could do the yibum. Because Rabbi Gamliel says, even in the case where it's definite negation, like he was married to the minor sister, the surviving brother was married to the minor sister, we tell him, Go ahead, wait till she grows into an adult, consummate the marriage with her, becomes a biblical marriage, and by that you're negating the, the sister in law because the, he can't marry her anymore and I'll see wife's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, I'm a little bit about this. This ruling of Rabbi Yehuda that a Yavam is not allowed to marry his, his sister in law's mother. Even after she dies, if she dies while waiting, no one did a yibum, no one did a chalitza. The Shmueli is that the opinion of Shmuel? Oh, he said only about Rabbi Is the opinion of Shmuel? If not, we learn the Mishnah later on the track. We learn the Mishnah. We continue on side B, eighteen B. A woman who's waiting to be a yibum. And one of the brothers made a kiddushin with his sister. Yeah. They told him the to wait. Yeah, her sister. Yeah. Wait until one of the brothers will do a yibum or chalitza. And then you can marry her. But as long as, he, as she's waiting, so there's a bond. So it's considered like your wife. So you can't consummate the marriage now to her sister because it's like marrying your wife's sister. While she's alive. Shmuel said, Shmuel said, the law follows the law of Masega. It means there is Zika. So that's Rabbi Huda. That's what Rabbi Huda says. He's not allowed to marry the mother. That's what Rabbi Huda says. He's not allowed to marry the mother. Because it's a Zika. It's like your mother-in-law. That's what Rabbi argues with Rabbi Yisrael. That the source of Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda holds like, like Rabbi Huda and like Shmuel. Amalei, Rabbi Yehuda said to Abaye, "Vid Rav Mai." If Rabbi Yehuda's ruling would represent the teaching of Rav, not Shmuel, what 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 problem do you have? First, Rabbi Yehuda learned his teacher was Rav. After Rav passed away, then he then he became a student of Shmuel. Like, what do you care 
What are you trying to establish that he must have heard it from Shmuel? Maybe he heard it from Rav, his, his original teacher. Mm-hmm. Because probably you mean that then it will contradict Rav and Rav. Because Rav Huna previously said in the name of Rav that you are allowed to marry the mother. That there is no Zika. So then, therefore, you can, if he can't, it, can't, it couldn't be he heard it from Rav. That's what he's trying to say. It must have been he heard it from Shmuel. Mm-hmm. But why? That's not. Maybe there's an argument among Shmuel. What Rav held? Different viewpoints of, of, of what right. Rav's opinion was. Right. He never said Rav said in the name of Rav one thing. Rav was also a student of Rav. Rav said in the name of Rav differently. He heard from Rav differently. Also, maybe Rav uh, could have changed his mind. Also, it's not that one of them is lying. Whenever they say an argument that what the Rav hold, maybe it was different points in his life. This one heard at this yeah. point, and then maybe he changed his mind. So, on Tuesday, so, one yeah. heard this, and on Wednesday, one heard that. Yeah, you can, you can change your mind. <laughs> People change their minds. Yeah, all the time. So that's the answer. Shmuel says, Abayi said, Kivan, Yitman, Shmuel, Shmuel, Behead, Shmuel, the Rav, Kameroi. Shmuel says it clearly. That the law follows Rabbi Yehuda ben Seder, there is a zikabel. But in the name of Rav, like you're saying, it's a question of um, interpretation. What Rav said. You want to make an argument of amongst Rav. Here we know Shmuel said it clearly. There's no argument. Everyone, this is what Shmuel said. The law. So therefore, instead of saying that maybe there's two opinions according to Rav, I'm making a whole argument, and we're not sure, you're just assumptions. I would rather say, follow, you heard this from Shmuel, who said it clearly. A different version of this whole thing. I repeated this whole sugya, this whole, uh, this whole discussion before Rav Zavid, and he said, you are teaching it in this way. You're citing Abi Yehuda as if he just said it on his own. And you're trying to figure out where did he learn it from. And you're saying it comes from Shmuel. And I'm I learned it explicitly. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Shmuel. That's how I was taught. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel. Woman who was waiting before anyone had a chance to do Yibam Chalitza and she dies. Brother-in-law is prohibited to marry her mother. Hamakasabi Yazika, we see clearly that who the holds Zika, Baza Shmuel Tamei, and Shmuel follows his reasoning. The Amr Shmuel Lachinah with the Mesaida, the Lord follows with the Mesaida. That in the in the case of the brother who married the sister, one of the waiting brothers, one of the brothers who married the sister, we tell him to wait until the other brother will do Yivim Chalitza and then consummate the marriage with the sister. Because as long as there's a Zika, as long as there's a bond, it looks like it's like your wife. And therefore you can't marry, consummate the marriage to your wife's sister. The mother says, Both rulings are necessary. Why did Shmuel have to say his halacha twice? According to this version, according to, Rav, according to Rav Kahana, that he heard that Shmuel said this halacha twice, why does he have to say the same halacha twice? It's the same reasoning. 
Like we said earlier, oh, we think it's only in the case of there's only one brother. Since he's the only brother who can do the mitzvah, so it's a powerful bond, it's a strong bond. Then we consider it like a wife. Have a bit today, in a case of two brothers, then I would say since another brother can do the mitzvah, there's not, there's even the bond is not, even, it's not considered like a wife. So maybe, maybe then you should be able to consummate the marriage. With the sister. Because it's not, a, it's not your wife's sister. That's what he says. The law follows the Buddha by Mercedes. If he would just tell us the law follows the Buddha by I mean, I would think, only as long as she's alive. Then there's a bond. After she dies, there's no longer any zikah, there's no longer any bond. So maybe then the surviving brother should be able to marry her mother. It's not a mother-in-law. Once there was a bond, it's considered like a wife, just like a wife, even after she dies, you're not allowed to marry a mother-in-law. So here too, even after she dies, you're not allowed to marry a mother. Okay, next. Two brothers, only two brothers, one of them dies. Childless. And then the surviving brother does yibum carries on his, his deceased brother's marriage, and takes his wife. Then a third brother is born. And then the, the, the second brother dies childless. The first one. Meaning, the first wife, the wife of the first brother, the, the brother who died first. She, he's not allowed to marry her. The surviving brother who didn't exist when the first brother died is not allowed to marry her because it's his sister-in-law and there was no permit, there was no yibum to permit it because he didn't even exist then. So it's a sister-in-law that's prohibited to him and therefore she's out of the equation. But the second one... is also the start. Because she's a, she's a co-wife, a co-wife of someone that's prohibited to you. What if What if he never actually married the sister-in-law? When the first brother died, he never got around to marry her. He just made a betrothal. And then he dies. So in that case, really, biblically, there's no marriage. Since biblically there's no marriage, so therefore the brother didn't exist when the first brother died. He has to marry the he has to marry the wife. He has to marry the second brother's wife. Yeah, he's not a co-wife. She's the only wife. But but since rabbinically, since he made a maimer rabbinically is considered a marriage, or rabbinically is considered a co-wife of someone that's prohibited to him. So therefore you can't do yibum only chalitza. Shimon argues. Shimon says. He could do yibum with either of them. Because, like we learn, we learn, he holds that it's not considered a a, a system was not prohibited. Since he didn't exist, when she, since he didn't exist, when the first brother died, so he wasn't. It's not a system law. He was never a system law. The only system law that he is is because of the second brother. So that's permitted to him. The tater allows a brother who dies childless. If he has one wife, two wives, three wives, I can do a yibum with either of them. A chalitza with either of them. So Rabbi Shimon holds it's not considered a, a, a sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. They didn't exist. I wasn't there. 
when he was married to her, I didn't exist. When I came into existence, he didn't exist. So there was no marriage. He's not my sister-in-law. So, so therefore, he holds, he can do a yivim or chalitza with either. Okay, that's the mission. Disagreed, even in the first case of the Mishnah. Even like the case of the first Mishnah in this chapter. That even if the, the third brother was born, yeah, born after the first brother died, but before the second brother took the first brother's wife as Yim. Even though she was waiting for Yibu. And he couldn't take her because yeah. he didn't exist when the first brother existed. But she's waiting for Yibu. So it should be considered like a sister in law then. Prohibited. He can't, and it's prohibited there. Nevertheless, he says, no, you don't consider her as a sister in law. Period. Since they didn't exist at the same time as his brother. Who's married to her? She's not a sister-in-law. To him, she's a strange woman, no connection. Right. So therefore, when the second brother marries her, not my sister. Wasn't this my sister-in-law is prohibited to me? It's a sister-in-law that's that's permitted to me because the, the second brother and the third brother were existing at the same time. Now that the brother died, I can have a mitzvah, an obligation to marry any one of his wives, so carry on his legacy. What's the proof? Mimai, where do we learn this from? Since, since he he learns an extra Mishnah. What's the extra mission? He repeats the opinion of the rabbis twice in the first Mishnah, now in the second Mishnah. So why do you have an extra Mishnah? So Bava the first Bava the first case is talking about a case. We're talking about when Levi is born before, when the third brother is born before he performs Yibam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the key question here: is whether the third brother is right. born before, it's born before, and the second case, yeah. and the second is our mission is talking about he's born after. Right. So right. why is he coming to teach us? If you can say he's coming to teach us that the rabbis, what the rabbis hold, if the rabbis hold that even if he was born after the second brother. Took her as a wife. Nevertheless, it's considered a sister-in-law. It doesn't matter that when when he was born, both the brother was dead, the first brother was dead, and the wife was no longer was married to the second brother. And nevertheless, we consider it a sister-in-law of the first brother. How much more so? Which when he was born, everything was kosher. Okay, nevertheless, if he was born before when she was still waiting to be betrothed, so she was still like um, considered the wife of the first brother. How much more so, according to the rabbis, it would be prohibited? She would, she would be prohibited to the, to the newborn brother. So we have to say that, that we need it for Rab Shimon. That even in that case, Rab Shimon holds, Rab Shimon argues even in that case. Even in that case, it's not considered a sister-in-law. That's prohibited. 
Really, he should have. He waited till the rabbis finished everything. And then he mentioned Rabbi Shimon argues, and it means he argues on the whole thing. So, how do you find? What do you mean? We learned from the Pasuk, the Tater says that a, that a brother who didn't exist is not allowed to do Yibam. According to you, you're allowed to. It's not a sister in law. But answers, if there was only one brother, there was, there was no brother, period. There was only one, there was only one, uh, it was an only child, and he died childless. And then the brother was born. So then you're not allowed to take his wife, because, uh, right? Because in this case, it is, it is a, so you're not allowed to take his wife. Then it is considered a sister-in-law in this case. The Tater says he can't do the mitzvah of Yibam. That's what the Tater is coming to tell us. He's the only one. There's no other brother. Inami or. But today, there's two brothers. And the, the, the surviving brother did not do the mitzvah of Yibam. And he didn't die. While he was waiting, a new brother was born. So he's telling us that the, the, the newborn brother cannot take, cannot marry, cannot take the wife of the, of, of the brother that died, who he didn't exist yet when he died. But now when he marries her, now when the second brother marries her, now he could take her, even though he was born before he took her. Because once he takes her, he dissolves any connection to the previous brother. It's not, now it's his wife. It's his wife, so it's a legitimate sister-in-law that the Torah uh, commands you to carry on the legacy of, of your brother, our tribal. But as long as there's a zika, as long as there's a connection, any connection to the first brother, okay, then the, the brother who was just born can't can marry his wife. That's clear. He might ask, Bishlem, if the second brother took her as a wife, and then the third brother was born, I understand. Once he was born, she's, she's 100% kosher. It's not, it's, it's, it's right, there's no connection to the first brother. It's totally the second brother, and everything is okay. But if he was born before the second brother took her as his wife, why should, why should you consider, why should it be allowed? What do you mean? It is a sister-in-law. And just has to wait. So he's holding. There's Kasavari holds. Yes, Zika. I'm Shimon holds. Yes, Zika. Zika knows Adamia. The fact that he's already bond. There's a bond to the brother. That means it's already. It's as if he already married her. She considered his wife, not the brother's wife. The brother that died. He's out of the picture. He's gone. Now it's this new brother, the, the second brother, the surviving brother. It's his wife. Okay, we'll stop here. We continue. Everyone have a beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos Parshas Parah. Shabbos Mavarchim.